The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. Yes, the day has finally arrived, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I am extra stoked to be on the air. I mean <laughs> that. That's not like some goofy radio thing. Producer Joe, how are you on this fine day? Dun, dun, dun. It's the day. We're Where going, are you going after the I'm show to do to what? Go vote, baby. You're darn right he is. In the, in the blue state of Maryland that has a, a Republican governor and hopefully he gets reelected. Folks, a lot going on. Before I get into the show, I just want to tell you just this quick story so you understand how important my 10, 10, and 10 rule is today. It is not good enough for you to vote yourself. You need to get 10 of your friends to the polls. I don't care how you do it. Facebook, social media, email, phone call, drive them, carry them. I don't care what you need to do. You can't drag them. That would be against the law, but you can get them there voluntarily if they can't get a ride. Find 10 friends. This is important. This is critical. I have done my duty. I have contacted my 10 for Well, maybe eight because Joe technically doesn't count, but I got to get two more. I have been in the gym. If, folks, if you know me and you know me from the gym, that's the only place I go. I never leave my house anymore, right? You, how many people in the gym who listen to me, you're winking and nodding, right? Have I told you, did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? They're actually, they like me from Fox News, Joe, and even they don't want to talk to me anymore because they're afraid <laughs> I'm going to ask them if they voted again. You got to vote. It is election day. Now, just a quick story to show you how you, I know you listen to the show, right? And you all know, oh, it's election day. Yeah. Everybody knows that. No, they don't. Joe, remember uh, Brian Murphy from Maryland ran against Bob Ehrlich? You remember uh, yeah, Brian, right? Yeah, sure. He, yeah, he was, huh? like an, uh, he was like the substar concern. I knew Brian yeah. well. He was my campaign chairman. He told me a fascinating story once about a midterm election I never, ever forgot. Huh. He said he, he owns a Smith Island Bakery. They make these really cool right. Smith Island. You know right, Smith right. Island cakes, right? They're delicious. So he owns this bakery. And he was talking about a midterm gubernatorial election in Maryland. When uh, Larry Hogan was running for the first time, the Republican against Democrat Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. And one of his employees in the bakery, it was like the biggest thing in Maryland. Or so we thought. Because he says to one of his employees, he's like, hey, you voting today? The guy's like, for who? He's like, the governor. And the guy goes, who is the governor? Bob Ehrlich? Folks, Bob Ehrlich hadn't been the governor for eight years. The guy who worked for him had no idea. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not. People work for a living. They do stuff. But politics is my job. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make to you is don't assume because you are an informed active, uh, you know, political person who stays involved with the issues in the elections that your neighbor knows too. <laughs> Don't assume that. People have lives. They work. They have problems. They have jobs. They have kids. Some people may have no idea. That's why I'm telling you, call your friends. Hey, did you vote? Um, I don't think I'm registered. Well, a lot of them have game day registration. Go take them to the polls. Get them voting, please. Here's one more story. I was at a, at, a, at a campaign rally a long time ago up in Maryland. I think it was for Kathy Jalega. I don't even remember. Mm. And uh, there was a member of the NRA there who gave a number. And forgive me, I don't have the exact number. So, uh, But the speech was staggering. He said something like there are, you know, I don't know, X number of gun owners in the United States. I don't know, whatever, 30, 40 million. I don't know. I'm not going to give you the exact number. But he said, shockingly, something like 10% of them aren't even registered to vote. That's 3 million people or something <laughs> like that. Even if the number was was 5 million or 1 million. A million people who are gun owners are not voting against their, you know, against people who are trying to take away their firearm rights like Stacey Abrams, the gubernatorial candidate in Georgia who who is can't can't even say on CNN if she'll disavow gun confiscation. 
folks, please do not assume everybody in your neighborhood knows. Go find 10 people and get to the polls. This is a critical election. All right. Sorry about that Ehrlich story, but I never forgot that. Mm. The guy goes, isn't Bob Ehrlich the governor? Bob (laughs) Ehrlich hadn't been the governor of Maryland for eight years. Eight years. The guy had no idea there was even an election. All right, folks. Today's show brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. We're in a season of change. And sometimes that's not good. Markets swing hundreds of points. Weather disasters are weekly events in our new headlines. And political unrest and fallout will increase going towards 2020. We ensure everything in our lives that matters. Ensure your food supply. It is insane not to do this. Through all of our sudden changes, one thing's a fact. We should be prepared. Our day-to-day lives are likely to be disrupted, sadly, at some point. That's a fact. Folks, you need a plan for food storage and water filtration when emergencies strike. The time is now, not during the disaster. Protection from disasters, survival tools, get all those items at My Patriot Supply. I use them. You should, too. I do. That's not nonsense. Choke, check out my closet if you ever come yeah. visit me in my house. It's yeah. stacked with my page, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making I've that up. I've seen it when I was there last time. Yeah. yeah, brother. You know it. They've helped. I showed him, Joe. Joe yeah. Ten boxes of food in there. They've helped a million hardworking Americans become more self-reliant. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including emergency food kits, gravity-powered water filtration systems at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. It could be an earthquake, a cyber attack freezing our banking system, or a disaster that shuts down our power grid for weeks. For all these emergencies and more, get your supplies to be more self-reliant at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. No more rushing to find empty store shelves because you're too late. All right, um, let's get right into it. So, folks, a couple of things that have changed since early voting began. There's a great article at the Washington Examiner that uh, the gist of it being, listen, the political chaos and the insanity went right up to the last minute. Some of you early voted may have missed this. But some of you who haven't voted yet are listening to this show and are on the fence about voting Republican or not. I want to point out to you a few stories that have changed in just the last few days that hopefully uh, will influence your opinion in the direction of the GOP candidates. My recommendation is straight GOP, not because the GOP is the answer to all of your problems, but the cause of all your problems is most certainly the Democrats. I don't know any other easier way to sum that up on a T-shirt or a mug than that. The GOP is not the answer to all of your problems. The Democrats and liberalism is most assuredly the cause of it. Straight red. The GOP is the club for me. (laughs) That was so cheesy, brother. That was like like Captain Cheese. That was my 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 daughter watched the Avengers, like the second Avengers movie, when they're like jumping to fight the other guys and they all leap together in slow mo and she's like, That's the cheesiest scene ever. That's up there. That line is the cheesiest one up there with the Avengers thing. It was intentional cheese, though. I know what you were doing. I know the army. So don't email me, Joe was being t- I know it. I get it. I can see him. All right. Couple things that have changed. Number one, the Kavanaugh accusers. Remember, Joe? He was a gang rapist, oh. the train rapist, the car rapist. Uh, oh. I mean, every kind of rapist. He raped me in a car. There were all these people out there. Um, I had warned you that there was um, a very little, if any, evidence and that everyone has the right to be taken seriously, but you do not have the right to be believed. We have a court system for that. Then any accusation could put someone in jail for any reason. Right. And I had said over and over, if everyone has the right to be believed, then I ask you the question, are there any circumstances where people should not be believed? And liberals look at you. I asked that at the Politicon event that was at, Joe. The lady looked at me and was like perplexed, like she didn't have an answer to the question. If everyone has the right to be believed, is there any circumstance where that right to be believed should be challenged? 
And she looked at me really puzzled like she hadn't thought of that. Mm. Everyone has the right to be taken seriously as they should in their accusations. That's why we have a judicial process. What's the problem with the right to be believed? Some people couldn't produce any evidence that their stories were in fact true. And now two of the accusers of Brett Kavanaugh, Joe, have now since retracted their stories after, after, by the way, trying to ruin the man's life, putting these stories out in public that his kids are going to read forever. They have now since retracted and are looking at FBI investigations for perjury. That is broken since early voting started. So for those of you who object to the Democrats' atrocious discuss and the media, by the way, they get no pass. NBC News putting Julie Swetnick on, uh, CNN putting Avenatti, Avianti on all the time, creepy, uh, you know, CPL, creepy porn lawyer putting him on. They are not absolved of any responsibility here either. I suspect you're going to see more people retract these stories as well as the threat of an FBI investigation for perjury presents itself. The Kavanaugh accusers. Now, this is the Washington Examiner piece in the show notes today about these revelations since early voting started. I encourage you to read it if you're in any way on the fence. Secondly, the economy. We had a booming, booming jobs report that even Jared Bernstein, one of Obama's key economic advisors, has come out and conclusively said was overwhelmingly positive. I didn't say that wrong. It was an Obama economic advisor under the Obama administration, worked for the vice president, uh, Biden and others. 250,000 jobs produced. Wages, real wages going up. I told you what the liberal are like. Oh, well, wages aren't going up. Yeah, they went up 3%. Well, real wages aren't going up indexing inflation. Actually, they are. Real wages went up 1%. You're just making all this up, liberals. I told you how it was going to go down. A guy emailed me and said the liberal used that exact argument against him, and he was fully prepared. That's what I do. Yeah! That's what I do. I prepare you for liberal nonsense. The liberal's new argument. Well, the last 20 months of the Obama administration produced more jobs. Yeah, not full-time jobs. Who produced more full-time FTE, full-time equivalent jobs? Donald Trump by one million over Obama. And then you say, oh, well, don't the jobs matter, not the full-time jobs? Well, not according to the Democrats, because when you read Donna Brazile's emails, the former head of the Democrat Party, Joe, during the campaign, she emailed people on the Hillary campaign complaining about what? How the Obama administration was creating jobs, but they were crap jobs. They were part-time jobs that couldn't be supported because of that the crap economy. That's the Democrats talking. So when your liberal friends say, well, Obama created more jobs during the last year than Trump, you fire right back. Really? Because we're talking about full-time equivalent jobs, good jobs, quality jobs that can support people, families, support a home mortgage payment, a new car, a nice Christmas, some holidays. When you're talking about real jobs, Donald Trump smokes Obama by a million. Oh, but jobs, man, it's not just full-time. Okay, maybe you should tell that to the DNC, who clearly in their own emails understood that the Obama jobs were not, were not uh, full-time equivalent jobs. They were part-time jobs. I made bad choices. You sure did. That was perfect. You, I didn't even have to signal that. Usually I give them a look like I'm ready for <laughs> nice. That was it, really. Thank you. Full-time equivalent jobs matter. And one more thing. If you really believe that, well, Obama created more jobs in the last 20 months, and that's your, that's your theory on it, then why at the end of the Obama administration were 60 to 70% of Americans saying we were headed in the wrong direction as a country? Because they were working twice as hard for less money in jobs that they couldn't get ahead. That's now changed with the Trump administration, where the numbers right direction, run direction are 60% in the right direction. 
Folks, I prepare you on this show for liberal arguments. Be prepared with the data and you cannot lose. Full-time equivalent jobs, Trump smokes Obama. Right direction, wrong direction, smokes Obama. And the Democrats themselves acknowledge that a lot of the Obama jobs created were not good quality jobs that could support families. In their own emails. That's changed, the economic report. A DHS report's come out in the last week and a half since early voting started. That upwards of 270 people in this caravan, not an insignificant number now that it's shrunk, are hardened criminals trying to enter the country. There's also been some allegations that they are preparing some kind of Molotov cocktails. This is in the Washington Examiner piece. You don't have to take my word for it. Just read the piece. And that there's some talk of putting women and children at the front of the line of the caravan in case there's a conflict. Wait, what? So you want to provoke a conflict between women and children? You mean using them as human shields? As you're trying to claim asylum against violence, you're fleeing? Is that what we're, is that what we're doing? With? Is that where we're going with this now? Read that report. If that doesn't sway you, I don't know what will. Another thing that's happened. Facebook at it again. I know this always stirs some controversy on my show. I told you there's fertile ground for actual government regulation here. That is not big government. That is fair is the FEC. Why the hell is Facebook censoring political ads again? Facebook knocking down pro-life ads by the Susan B. Anthony list. Knocking down pro-life ads by Marsha Blackburn. Folks, I told you, sell your stock in this company. I can't stand it. I cancel your account. I'm trying to find a way out of this, but it's tough to keep my audience without it at this point. Yeah. It's tough. I'm in this in the content creation business, it's tough to get off the it's not as easy as it sounds. There are contracts and things. It's not as easy for me to do it because it's bound up in contract. I can't explain too much, but I assure you it's not hypocrisy on my part. It's just not that simple. Facebook censoring ads again. You put the Democrats in power, you think Facebook is, is catering to conservatives? They can't stand conservatives. They get the liberals in power, they're going to love it. Finally, we've seen epidemic, grotesque, disgusting, level 10 attacks by the media again on the identity politics stuff. I could go on all day with it. I'm just going to use one example, the hapless Don Lemon at CNN just a few days ago suggesting that the real problem in this country is white men, white men, doubling down right before election on hatred, pure racial hatred and division. This is what you can expect two to four years of if the Democrats win. More, this will not stop. Send a message. Get out there. Take 10 of your friends. Absolutely no excuses. Okay. Joe, you have that voicemail queued up? Yeah, man. For this, uh, this, folks, this is a little on a little bit of a lighter note. This is the funniest thing. You, I usually don't play like lighthearted stuff like this. I don't want to waste your time, but this is worth it. Because again, it speaks to how my experiences, I've said them, I'm not going to get into them again, but my experiences running for office with the media are different than a lot of people's. When you run incredible races and you reach in the Baltimore Sun and the Washington Post reach out to you. Um, you get a really deep flavor for how pathetic, hmm. uh, frankly, I'm just how stupid a lot of reporters are. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, they're just ignorant. They just don't, when I don't when I say stupid, I, it's probably a harsh word. Ignorance probably, but they just don't know anything. They've never yeah. had real jobs. They talk about things like they know them, 
You know, yesterday's show touched a lot of people, Paula and I, and she wanted me to relay this to you. She comes in, I'll put her on the mic herself, she can say it. But she wanted you to know how much your emails mean to her, especially from former addicts. We love you, man. You listen to yesterday's show, you know what I mean. We love you. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Big L, love you, man. You're fighting a fight. I know it. Yep. Thank you. Those emails are so touching. Paula wanted me to tell you she deeply apologized. We can't answer every one, but I assure you, we read them. Also, the emails about people getting out and voting. Thank you. Thank you so much. That saying I inspired you to vote, If that, thank you. I don't need the credit, but thank you for doing that. Thank you. God bless you. Big G, God bless you. But on this issue with the media, folks, the media bias is at epidemic levels. I was relaying some stories yesterday. I don't want to get into too many of my personal ones. That's how that started. But again, my experience with the media was atrocious. Complete ignoramuses. They were not addicts. They were not manual laborers, a lot of them. They have been journalism students since they're 18 and have no experience in the real world. And I'm telling you, many of them quietly revile you. They cannot stand you. I'm sorry. Now, one of these loons in the media called a superstar candidate for the United States Senate in Michigan who get out and vote John James today. Also, I don't believe Missouri has early voting for, so make sure you vote Josh Hawley in Missouri. Superstar candidate John James, who happens to be black, which means less than zero to me or Joe, but to the left, apparently black skin means everything, Joe, unless you're a Republican, right? That's right, Dan. Now, uh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, now that he's a black Republican, yeah. let's, let's keep that. Let's focus on Beto. Beto, who's not even Hispanic. In Texas, let's focus on Beto in the interest of diversity. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. But let's ignore in our identity politics thing, a black American superstar in John James, West Point grad, running for Senate, who's going to pull off an upset, I hope. So what happens? (laughs) This woman from the media calls him. It's so great. It's the greatest story ever. She leaves a voicemail trying to set up an interview for Wednesday after Election Day, right? She tries to set up an interview. She thinks she hangs up. But listen to what happens at the end. Play the cut. Hi, my name is Brenda Battle. I am a reporter with the Huron Daily Tribune in Bad Axe, Michigan. Uh, Looking to uh, set up an appointment with Mr. James for some time on Wednesday for a phone interview regarding the election results. I'm probably going to send an email over um, to the info at johnjamesforsenate.com with some details. Um, if you'd like to call me back, my, my number is 989. Thank you. Man, if he beats her, Jesus. John James. That would suck. Ladies and gentlemen, how is this not the greatest email in the history of humankind? This is the greatest uh, voicemail. I'm sorry. This is the greatest thing I have ever heard. This is so funny. She calls it what Brenda Battle, whatever her name is. She forgets to hang up. This is the me, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't play it again to waste your time. I I know we're trying to be lighthearted, but I'm telling you, this is my experience with media people. They are totally unserious, 
hardcore liberals who don't understand economics, our military, law enforcement, health care, and yet they write about it as if they're authorities. She, you hear what she said to Joe, by the way? Yeah. Uh, there was a redaction for her phone number, obviously. We don't want people calling her. Right. But the reason that sound the joke was nice enough to cut out, the redaction in the actual video was long because she must like spell it out twice. Yeah, we tightened it up. Yeah, yeah Joe tightened it up for you. But at the end, she goes, she uses the Lord's name in vain. Jesus. She goes, effing John James. That would suck if you won. I mean, this is the media. Folks, this is what you're running against. This is what you're running. That's why I played it at the end of those reasons you need to get out and vote if you didn't early vote and you're on the fence. This is the media. We have a West Point grad, an educated, hardworking, I mean, like the epitome of the American dream, John James, who the love affair with identity politics apparently doesn't carry over if you're a Republican like John. And what does the media lady say? That would suck. That would suck. You hear how she said, rewind that. You listen to it. You'll get a kick out of it. That would suck. There's your media, folks. That's what you're running against. All right. I got a couple other things to address. I want to talk about some key races. Some uh, implications if we lose, um, you know, I want to give you both sides. Uh, also, I want to talk about some analysis out there in my Papadopoulos interview where I think people, there's there's a couple who are analyzing this thing, and I, I think they're nuts. I mean, nothing personal, but they're like, oh, Papadopoulos was a plant for the, for the government. And, uh, wait, what? So I got to, uh, it's just crazy. I'm sorry. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Joe. How incompetent am I with a drill uh, on a level of one to 10, uh, 9.7, uh, 11, baby. Yeah. Man, 11. <laughs> yes. He's right. I was a test. Joe was right. I am really not the hand. I used to be when I was a kid. I'm really not the handiest cat anymore. They're all show muscles, folks. Don't I can wrestle you, <laughs> jujitsu you and box you. Don't ask me to build anything. Now I using blinds.com. I believe it or not. I did this. Joe, I know he's stunned. I put up a window treatment in my daughter's bathroom oh, using blinds.com. Now, I know I'm coming for you now window treatments. It's one of those soulless adulting terms for something necessary, but boring. You're blind. You don't even think about them unless you move or they break. When they're right, everything in your home looks better. When they're wrong, everything looks cheap. That is folks. Come on. You know, that's true. You ever walk in a house with 1980s blinds and you're like, dude, 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 you know, the Rob Schneider 15 ways to say, dude, there's a serial murder around the corner, dude. You're confused by your friend. Dude, when blinds are bad in the house, dude, dude, it's triple dude. You got to fix them. Let's be honest, though. Taking the time to pick out and buy blinds sounds expensive. It's kind of boring. And installing them yourself sounds harder than any self-respecting adult wants to admit. But blinds.com makes it. You cannot screw this up. They make it easy. You can't. I didn't. I wouldn't tell you how bad I was with a drill if I didn't mean this. Not sure what you want or even where to start. With blinds.com, you get a free online. Joe's love this. You get a free online design consultation. Just send them pictures of your house. They'll send back custom recommendations from a professional from what works. Furniture, color screens, specific rooms, whatevs. They'll even send you a free sample to make sure everything looks as good in person as it does online. And every order gets free, gratis, free shipping. And this is the best part. If you screw this up, which I am completely capable of doing, but even if you do and you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, if you screw up, you Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. They're not kidding. They really made it easy for you, so there's no excuse to leave up those mangled 1972 blinds that make your place look like a set from the wire. No dice, no good. 
For a limited time, get up to 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use promo code DAN. Go to Blinds.com, promo code DAN, for up to 20% off cellular shades, roller shades, and more. Blinds.com, promo code DAN. Rules and restrictions apply. I love reading for Blinds.com. I do, because it's really fun. And because I know I can't hang blinds if it wasn't for them. Because I'm a mess doing stuff. All right. Couple more things before we get to key races. Got a lot of stuff, Joe. We may go a little over today. I got a little about to pack in. If we lose, I don't think we will. I've already given you my prediction. I think we hold the House by a slim margin. I also believe we significantly pad in the Senate three to five potential seats. I'm going to predict we win in Florida. I'm going to predict we win in Florida in the gubernatorial. I'm going to predict we win in the Senate based on my experience out there and talking to people. Uh, activists listening to people's emails. I think Florida, we are uh, in good shape. Get out and vote. No excuses. Having said that, if we lose, it is a possibility. Again, I am not a magician. Wish I was sometimes. Divided government by a slim margin slim margin is not it, the disaster people are making it out to be. Of course, we want to win. If I say divided government because I'm absolutely confident uh, we're going to keep the Senate uh, and, and pad our lead there. There is a chance we lose the House. I think if we lose it, we lose it by, you know, very slim margin. Now, I just want you to remember not to take the edge off it. Get out and vote. Please don't get out and vote. But remember, the Reagan administration was dealing with a Democrat House the entire time and got some major stuff pushed through. Trump is such a powerful figure. There's a chance we can still push push through some reforms. I'm just telling you, don't like, you know. Don't tomorrow, if, if we lose by one or two, see, oh, it's over. It's not over. It's not the apocalypse, okay? Nothing's ever over. Nothing's over until you're dead. What did I tell you? That, that, that quote, uh, that uh, an enemy is not vanquished until he believes himself to be? All right. You're not vanquished and done until you believe you're vanquished and done. I'm never done. There's no done. The new rules. We win, you lose. We lose today, we win tomorrow. That's the new rules. I'm not done. You're not done. We're never done. There's no done. There is no done. There's only the fight. That's all you have. That's why I named my second book that. I meant it. The fight. That's all you have. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Love Paul. Secondly, even Bill Clinton under divided government. Yes, Bill Clinton, folks. Sometimes we have to acknowledge policy successes. Granted, they were largely pushed by Newt Gingrich in the Republican Congress. But a divided government with a Newt Gingrich Congress and Bill Clinton presidency... We got welfare reform, and we had the percentage of government spending in our lives cut back dramatically. So don't, I'm just trying to tell you, regardless of what happens, there's no done. There is no done. All you have is the fight. What defines you is the fight. The sacrifices you're willing to make. Remember Malibu. I hate quotes because they're for lazy people, but this quote matters. We all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. The path to true happiness is only through suffering. What life are you in? Are you still learning or did you learn in 2016 and then you're in the life after that now? You understand now 2016, the fight started. If you thought 2016, the day after election day, we won. It's over. Oh boy, are you wrong? You're still learning. For those of you in life number two, who now live the life you learned from and are living the one after that, as Malamud said, and have embraced the suffering it takes. To enact long-lasting change and fight for liberty. You understand this never ends. It doesn't end today. It doesn't end tomorrow. Get your 10 friends. Get to the polls today. No excuses. Tomorrow, we win. Great. You know when the fight starts, Joe? Tomorrow. Even if we hold the house. Mm -hmm. Have a glass of wine tonight then. 
They get up tomorrow morning, drink that morning recovery stuff. We have this great stuff, right? They didn't even pay for it today, but it's true. And get back in the fight tomorrow. I'm not kidding. There's no done. There's no doneness. Put the doneness in the done bin. There's no done. There is only the fight. You got to sacrifice, man. You know that. You know that. Another reason to get out and vote. The Democrats are talking about changing the rules again, Joe. They lost the presidential. They didn't like the popular vote tally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, they liked it, but they didn't like how it worked out. They didn't like the Electoral College. Trump was a Russian traitor. Oh, I've had enough of this, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Ezra Klein, a famous Vox Looney Tune, who just constantly attacks the Constitutional Republic, put out a tweet yesterday. This... Folks, it's, it, it, it's almost so, it's sad. It really is. I don't mean to let, it's tragically sad. These are the, these are anti-democratic loons who write for far left sides. Whenever they lose, they want to change the system, right? Ezra Klein put out a tweet suggesting, Joe, that if they lose the, quote, House popular vote, in other words, for the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. I say that because I've never heard of the House, I don't even know what that is. If they lose the House popular vote, and they don't win, or if they win the House, excuse me, if they win the House popular vote and they don't win a House majority, that like something's got to change after that. What? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't even know what Ezra Klein is talking what about. The there is no, Joe, let me ask you something. What when did- you go to vote for your congressman in your district, does your race matter to the congressional race in Nebraska? Uh, no. No, no, no. Let me just be clear on this. You were not a civics teacher, correct? I am not a civics teacher. You are not a constitutional lawyer. I am not a But you know this, lawyer. right? You you are aware of this, that Joe's vote in Maryland Congressional District, whatever district he's in to, or whatever it may be, has no impact whatsoever. Forget about that. Joe's, Joe, doesn't, Joe doesn't vote in Maryland District, uh, district 6. Uh, I know he does because I know where he lives, mm-hmm. but that area is split, so... Uh, he doesn't. His vote matters in his. Dish. Is this is this hard for Ezra Klein to figure out? Man, <laughs> dude, these guys. So now they're talking about. In other words, the national house popular vote, which is not a thing. It's like fetch from Mean Girls, folks. It's not a thing. You can't make it a thing. There is no house popular vote. Mm-mm. The reason. Oh, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. Like the dumbness of this is so dumb that I'm dumber telling you this. The whole purpose, ladies and gentlemen, to the legislative branch of government, having two senators and a House of Representatives was federalism. State interests were protected in the Senate. Local interests were protected in a House of Representatives dependent on population. What the hell is this guy talking about the House popular vote? There is no national House popular vote. None. The reason he's doing this is because the left is obsessed with the idea of a direct democracy. You may say, oh, that sounds great. Does it really? You want people in California voting away your farm rights in Wisconsin? Oh, no, I don't want that. Okay, that's why we have a constitutional republic, folks, and not a direct democracy. We have a representative democracy, not a direct one. And that representative democracy protects local interests against a federal government absolutely determined to take away your money, your freedom, your health care and everything else. Because the people in California, some of them and a lot of people in New York believe in big government. This is what you're voting against. The tyranny of the majority, 
that Ezra Klein wants to change it. He wants a house popular. I've never heard of an idea so stupid in my life. The House of Representatives is already population-based. Does he not know that? Oh, my gosh. These liberal writers are... So I, the, the ignorance there is... is, is it's epic. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's exponential. All right. Some races to watch house races. Uh, and I, I'm not going to go too deep. I just want to tell you why they're important. And some of them are going to close early. So they're important because they speak to larger issues. Kentucky six, Andy Barr, Amy McGrath, Republicans get out, vote for Andy Barr. Why is this race important? Because Democrats uh, have a significant voter advantage in that race over the GOP. Yet, Andy Barr has done a very good job staying in that seat as a Republican. It matters because Rand Paul actually lost that congressional district. Rand Paul in the Senate race. But Donald Trump won it. Andy Barr has aligned himself with Trump in the conservative agenda. Folks, you got to get out and vote for him. If he loses, this race matters, Kentucky 6. Because it will be used by the Democrats as what, Joe? A repudiation of Trump. Mm-hmm. Look, look, look. He aligned himself with Trump and he lost. I'm just saying. Virginia 10, Barbara Const- Comstock, Jennifer Wexton. Why does this matter? Barbara Comstock, you know, again, are we talking about the most diehard conservatives here? No. Are we talking about far better alternatives? Hell yeah. Why does this race matter? It's Virginia suburbs. We've having some trouble in the suburbs. Why we're having trouble in the suburbs is largely due, I believe, to the media's nonstop focus on false allegations of racism, phobophobic, istophobism, and everything else, and uh, Trump being a potential uh, Russian traitor. Nonsense media stories, for some reason, are taking holds in the suburbs. This is a suburb race. Virginia 10. Comstock needs to pull it out. She's trailing in the polls. Get out and vote. California 48. Rohrbacher. Harley Ruda. Why does this matter? Rohrbacher's been in that seat a while. The GOP outnumbered Dems, outnumbered Democrats in the district, but Hillary won the district, meaning we are going to need massive turnout. Get out there, California. Iowa won. Brad Blum, Abby Finkenauer. Trump's the first person to win. Iowa won. It's a Democrat-leaning district held by a Republican now. Rod Blum, good guy, by the way. Trump's the first person to win that congressional district show since Eisenhower. Again, it's going to speak to the power of Trump. If you support the president, the conservative agenda, you're in Iowa. Get out and vote. Rod Blum's your guy. Again, if he loses, it'll be considered a repudiation of Trump. Not saying that's accurate. I'm just saying the media hates Trump. They're not interested in the truth. They're only interested in taking down Trump. Florida 26, Carlos Cabello and uh, Mercosel Powell. Why does this district matter? It is dominated by Hispanic voters. Hillary won there overwhelmingly by double digits. Corbello's ahead in the polls, the Republican. Again, are we talking diehard conservatives? No. Is he a far better fit for that district and a pretty gifted politician for his district? Yes. What, are you going to vote for the other one? You can't vote for the uh, for the, uh, Mercosel Powell. It's dominated by Hispanic voters. Corbello's up in the polls. We need to hold this seat. Why is it important? Because if we've been told that Hispanic voters vote like automatons, like the liberals want you to believe, which is dumb and frankly, stereotypical and racist in and of itself. But, you know, liberals can't be racist because they're liberals. Yeah. Right. It's not possible. The media would have you believe they believe Hispanic voters vote like robots. 
Clearly, they do not. This Corbello race is important. Florida 26. All right, a couple other things. Uh, uh, let's just get to this final again. I appreciate your patience. Our sponsors are great. They love to be here. They love to talk to you. Brickhouse Nutrition is one of them. They are our original sponsor. Best product for, I, I, I'm serious, folks. I'm not messing around with you. Foundation, best nutrition product I've ever taken. When I run out, I email Miles immediately. Miles, get me more foundation. Why does it matter? Why is this stuff good? Why would you even like it? Well, what's the purpose of working out or a nutrition supplement? To look better and feel better. What if I told you this does both? This does both. No, I mean dramatically look better. Foundation is a creatine ATP blend. It's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. It's phosphagen-based uh, nutrition, uh, these nutrition supplements. This stuff is legit. It is the real deal. It makes your muscles look harder, more dense. It is just fantastic. It's like six months of working out in a bottle. You don't believe me? Take the mirror test. How did I come up with the mirror test? Because one day I looked in the mirror after seven days on this stuff, and I was like, what the hell just happened? I'm serious, and I've been working out 30 years. This is good, legit, 30 years. I started when I was 13. This is the real deal. My nephew drives up from Fort Lauderdale to come get the bottle of the stuff. That's a true story. He liked it so much. It's called Foundation. You will look better, perform better in the gym. It is spectacular. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You will not be disappointed. Uh, for those of you who send me reviews on it, you know who you are. I got another absolutely fantastic one lesson. I send them right on to the president of the company, his personal email. He loves them. This stuff is legit. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up foundation today. Okay. Um, one more quick point on the election before I get to the Papadopoulos thing. Ladies and gentlemen, these governor's races are critical. Uh, we have a number of governor's races on the ballot. You have uh, South Dakota, Christy Nome, Florida, Ron DeSantis, Georgia, you have Brian Kemp. You have a ton of other, Larry Hogan in Maryland. Uh, these are critical, critical races. Oregon's turned into a, Oregon, excuse me, has turned into a really tight race. Uh, the Republican has a chance there. Folks, please, please get out and vote. Now, you may say, oh, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't mean this is an insult, but sometimes I do get this from people who are looking for a reason, bizarrely, not to vote. I don't know why that would be, but they are. Mm -hmm. They go, well, those governor's races, you know, they're no big, they don't really affect us nationally, so why should we worry about them? No, um, you should. Because it's going to be the governors and the state legislatures in 2020 that do what? Oh, carve up the map nationally for the House of Representatives, otherwise known as redistricting. You think this doesn't affect you? Ladies and gentlemen, if Democrat governors take the majority of governorships, they are going to carve up their states into overwhelmingly Democratic congressional districts at the federal level. The states do that. Did you, you know that, right? Most of you do, I'm sure. The states carve up even the federal map. Why is this a sensitive topic to me? Because folks in the deep blue state of Maryland, as Joe well remembers, that has eight congressional representatives, mm -hmm. four of them used to be Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yes, I said that right. Four members of the House of Representatives at the federal level in the deep blue state of Maryland used to be Republicans. Yep. What happened? The 2010 census came around, redistricting came around, and what did Martin O'Malley do, Joe? Martin O'Malley came in and carved up the state using a computer program 
and knocked out every single one of them but one. Now, some of them were out before that, to be fair, but Roscoe Bartlett ah, was the last man standing. I, I was just going there. Yep, Roscoe. And Bartlett was cut right out of that seat. The delegation in Maryland is now 7-1. Seven Democrats and one. Oh, you don't think that affects you? You think three congressional seats is no big deal? Imagine it happening everywhere across the country. The Republicans would never have a majority again. Now, the self-selection of Democrats living in cities and the massive overvote does kind of keep Republicans at least competitive. But the Democrats, you give them control of of gerrymandering and redistricting, oh boy, is it going to be ugly. They carved that seat down to the district. Roscoe Bartlett in the old seat, the Republican, before they gerrymandered it, used to win that seat by 10, 20 points. They gerrymandered him out. He lost by 20. Now, I almost won that seat. I lost by one point. We actually won on election day. But believe me, it took a lot of work. And it, uh, being candid, folks, even if we would have pulled it out on that uh, absentee count, we probably would have lost in re-election. I'm sad to say it, but the, that's, how, that's how uncompetitive they made that district. Folks, if you don't get the governors in, if you lose Republican governorships, these states are going to be carved up into a Democrat cornucopia of liberalism. We will be dealing with it at the federal level. Oregon, Maryland, their congressional seats are going to be voting against your federal interests. Don't mess around. It is, we got to get out and vote. Get those governors in there. Get them in there. Okay. Um, a couple more stories, but I want to get to this because I don't want to forget. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, I really sincerely appreciate all your feedback on the Papadopoulos interview. We, uh, gosh, the feedback has been incredible. The episode has just exploded. I'm seeing it everywhere on Reddit and all other kinds of places. And people are tweeting about it and sending it to liberal outlets. You need to listen to this. Um, thank you. I, I've never considered myself, Joe knows this is a good interview. I just don't. I mean, I'm, you're my audience. I never lie to you. I'm, that's why we don't do guests because Joe and I have chemistry, but I don't really have chemistry with a lot of people. I just don't. <laughs> Um, George is, is a nice guy. I don't know George yeah. personally. I've spoken with him a couple times. Joe has, but we're not friends. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just being candid. I, li- I like him. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think he was framed. But my interest in George's story is his story. I'm not looking for anything else from George. But shockingly, I've seen a couple people out there who have analyzed the interview, and some of them have bizarrely come to the conclusion. I'm not knocking. Listen, you're free to your opinions. Obviously, the interview was put out there not just for a fawning audience, but for people who are critics too, that's fine. But I, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that your analysis of the interview is bizarre. The analysis goes like this. There are a couple of folks out there saying, hey, I listened to the interview, and now it's become pretty clear to me that George Papadopoulos himself was a plant within the Trump team. What? What? How the hell did you come to that analysis? Now, I'm just saying a lot of this, all the analysis comes from people without experience in the law. And I, again, I'm not trying to sound like these media people have but I don't think they understand the law enforcement intelligence gathering process. That's my only conclusion. Let me point to five specific things here to refute the theory. So we're clear. Let me not bury the lead. To refute this bizarre theory that George Papadopoulos was a plant within the Trump team. Number one, if George Papadopoulos was working against the Trump team as a plant, Why the hell was he targeted by the Mueller team? The Mueller team has shown absolutely no evidence whatsoever. This Mueller is a white hat. In other words, a good guy is the, I'm sorry, the dumbest theory I have ever heard in my life. There is zero, zero evidence of that at all. Zero, none. 
Michael Cohen, Mike Flynn, the, the, uh, Stone, Papadopoulos. There is no evidence at all of that. This theory out there that Mueller, who is unquestionably working against Trump, not against collusion, he has no evidence of that, but against Trump, why would he target Papadopoulos if Papadopoulos was somehow relaying information to people in the IC or the law enforcement community to attack Trump? Folks, does that make any Do you understand how like tinfoil cap you have to be? No, no, Joe. It's triple, quadruple reverse psychology. They arrested Papadopoulos to provide cover for... Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, I worked for the federal government. I developed sources. I used sources. I worked with the IC on many foreign trips overseas. Do you really believe the federal government is this smart? Oh man, it's the craziest theory I've ever... And then what? Papadopoulos enters a false plea? So Papadopoulos enters a false plea to the 1001 charges, the false thing, which are perfectly explainable. I'm not saying it was right. He shouldn't have done it. Don't lie to the FBI, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying it's expo- it's explainable. He gets confronted by the FBI about meeting with this professor. He has no idea who the professor is. He thinks he's in trouble. The professor could be anybody. So he lies about when he met him to, you know, to, to cover for the Trump team, thinking, I don't know who this guy is. Right? No. Wrong unquestionably, but explainable easily. Folks, Occam's razor. When in doubt, accept the explanation that requires the least, not the most amount of explanations, and you'll almost never be wrong. Also known as keep it simple, stupid, kiss. You really believe that layered, absurd explanation? No, no, he was a plant and he was arrested to cover for the... Folks, that's just, I'm sorry, that's just dumb. It is. It's just dumb. And he enters a false plea in court. Uh, No, 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 no. (laughs) I just big fat no on that. Okay, here's number two. Why George Papadopoulos was not a plant in the Trump team. Why the hell would the IC and the FBI target their own assets? Does that make any sense? I plant Joe in the Trump team to get information in oppo. Uh-huh. I then sick Bob Mueller and the and the, the Department of Justice special investigators, the special counsel on Papadopoulos to target my own asset. Does that make any sense? Folks, Occam's razor. Keep it simple. Does that make any sense to you? No, 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 no. They this is why they did that. This is all a co- No, it's not. They targeted Papadopoulos because they needed to shut this guy up because he was part of a rather obvious scheme at this point. If they're targeting their own assets to cover for them somehow, which is the dumbest theory I've ever heard, why is Stefan Halper not making media appearances too? Why is a known intelligence asset in Stefan Halper, Joe, why isn't he in jail? Why didn't they interview him? No, no, no. They only interviewed Papadopoulos as an asset because fill in the blank with another dumb reason. Why is Halper not in jail? Why is Halper not being investigated? Well, you don't know that, Dan. He could be being investigated. Really? So we've got leaks about everything, including what Donald Trump wears when he watches Fox and Friends. But we haven't had any leaks about that. That makes (laughs) sense to you. Oh, folks, please. I'm not. Listen, this is a small portion of it. But I, 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 I can't believe the analysis. It's, it's absurd, the analysis. Number three, 
Joe, you're an intelligence asset, George Papadopoulos. Now, according to this bizarre theory, all right, working against the Trump team, planted in the campaign. Okay. You then get arrested by the people you're working with at the DOJ or the IC, which again makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And then you decide later on to become a public figure on Twitter, speaking out against the investigation that you were involved in. Yeah, okay. folks. Again, <laughs> is this make if you're rational? Does this make any sense? So Papadopoulos, who's supposedly some kind of IC asset, is now out there, unlike everyone else involved in the case. Everyone else, like Halper and others. Halper, you haven't heard a word from. Mifsud has disappeared. You haven't heard a lot from Deripaska since that op-ed. All of these people have gone quiet, except for Papadopoulos, and yet he's the asset. Oh, my gosh, folks. This is, this is like that movie with Colin Farrell and Al Pacino, the recruit. Like, yeah, the movie was so ridiculous. Uh. I mean, number four. So Papadopoulos was a plant in the tree. He was an, you believe he was a plant in the Trump team. Joe, where was Papadopoulos when a lot of this went down? London or the United States? He was in London. You're darn right he was, brother. Yeah. Where was Donald Trump most of the time campaigning? London or the United States? And the good old USA, <laughs> Joe, now clear. let's be clear on this, because I have to set this up for the Occam's Razor people who don't All get right. it. You were not a member of the Trump team, correct? No, I'm not, Dan. Now, you're a supporter of Trump, but you were not a paid campaign member. But you are well aware of the fact that Donald Trump was campaigning in the United States for the United States election, right? Yes, I can say that with some uh, surety, Dan. So, uh, the guy's a genius, Joe. He always pulls it. I'm telling you, this guy pulls an answer every time because he's always right. Now, Joe, if Donald Trump is in the United States campaigning for the presidency of the United States, do you think it's possible that a lot of the campaign members within the United States uh, were within the United States as well? Just throwing it out there. I think that's the most likely scenario, Dan. I, I, thank you, Joe. Again, so let me just ask you one more question. He's not a law enforcement officer, Joe Armacost, or an IC member in the intelligence committee. I develop an asset like Papadopoulos who secretes himself inside uh, the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. Do you want that asset where Trump and his campaign team members are, or do you want that asset overseas in London? I'm just asking. Let me just throw that out there. I'd like him to be where the action is, baby. Uh, folks, yes. I get it. Your response could be, well, he could email them. Oh, gosh, <laughs> guys, please. <laughs> Yes, he could. He could also have personal interactions with the president himself where it's more than likely outside of that one meeting he had, Papadopoulos never even met the president outside of the meeting. You think this guy was was the knock as to, from the recruit, the non-official capacity? Go, Who's the knock? Who's the knock? It would, it's not Papadopoulos. This is dumb. He was overseas most of the time. I have a note next to this one. Plant over, like he's the plant overseas with a question mark right next to it. I swear, Joe, it says stupid. This is the dumbest (laughs) theory of all. My gosh. Finally, number five and the last one. Isn't it, if, 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 if Papadopoulos is this plant inside the Trump team, why is it that in the texts, in the texts, He's not referred to at all between Stroke and Lisa Page in any kind of capacity like that. Why? Why in the Bruce Orr notes does he not appear? Now, you could say, oh, in the text, maybe he's the O'Connor's lore, the outside of the continental United States lore. You could, but we don't know that. And the chances of that seem pretty slim given the role of Steele, given the role of Mifsud, and given the role of others. 
Downer, and the meetings in London. But folks, he doesn't take a prominent role in anything other than a New York Times piece in December. Guys, ladies, it just I don't want you to waste your time. That doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense. Keep your attention on the Mifsud meeting. That's the meeting that starts everything. If Mifsud is a Western intelligence asset, the whole collusion story is dead. It's dead now, but it's formally dead. And not only is it dead, the fact that Trump's team was set up is now the story. That's where the attention should be. Again, I don't know this guy, folks. I have no skin in that game at all. None. I don't know him. I don't talk to him on a regular basis. My interest in him is purely in this case. Keep your attention on what matters. Okay, uh, a couple more stories I wanted to get to on Election Day here. I want to pack this all in. Um, Story I came across before. It's not in the show notes, but it's just interesting. I want to put out there for those of you voting, especially those in California. I just want to put out uh, something I, I address often having left the Northeast, high tax Northeast states uh, for Florida for different reasons, but it didn't, you know, it didn't hurt that I got my tax bill, you know, cut largely moving to Florida. Uh, Story out today, 130,000 more residents left California that came to the state. And since 2001, 410,000 more people have left California, uh, have left California uh, than arrived from Texas, have left California for Texas than have arrived from Texas to California, 410,000 more. What does that tell you, folks? That tells you if liberals are right and you're voting liberalism to send a message to Donald Trump, then why are you voting with your feet and saying otherwise? Why be a hypocrite? If you love these states so much that are dominated by liberal policies, then why is it that significant swaths here, folks, we're not talking about small chunks of people. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people decamping liberal states to move to Florida and Texas. Why are you voting those same garbage policies or trying to vote those same garbage policies in states you fled? I'm just asking. I'm just putting that out for you on election day. Can you just look in the mirror and answer that question honestly? If California and New York were such utopian havens of liberal utopia, why the hell do you keep leaving? Why is Virginia the main beneficiary of Marylanders? Because they leave to get away from the high taxes. The numbers speak for themselves. I just gave you them. Think about that on election day. If what you're saying is true, how come the numbers don't reflect that? Because like everything liberals say, it's not true. It's garbage. It's BS. You're making it up. It is simply not true. Liberalism is so great, I can't escape it quick enough. Oh, erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. It's like Snake Plissken. You can't escape from New York quick enough. And yet they swear that liberalism works. So why'd you leave it? Because uh, like everything else, it works in theory, just not in the real world. In the real world where it punches yeah. you in the face. With Antifa in some cases, literally. Oh, uh, oh yeah, a couple, one more story I want to get to. This is important. We may actually, gosh, I may actually tie this up on time, which is, I never thought I'd get to all this. Expect a couple things after election day. I'm not really big on predictions, but I don't want you to be surprised by anything, regardless of the outcome of today. There are two things I want you to be ready for, because I need you to be prepared. Number one, expect pretty massive staff shakeups in the White House. I fully expect Jeff Sessions' um, time to be up. You may see other cabinet officials gone as well. You may see the DHS secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, um, leave. 
I fully expect significant shakeups in the White House. I want you to be prepared because if it was the Obama White House, what would they say, Joe? They're re-strategizing because Obama's a genius. They're doing a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. They're strategizing because Obama is so strategic. Joe, what'll be the story for Trump after Election Day when people leave? Oh, the place is going to hell in a handbag, Dan. (laughs) 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 I wasn't going to leave that to you. But yes, chaos. 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 They can't control it. Call call the National Guard into the White House. Everybody's (laughs) resigning. Meanwhile, be like five people. Everybody's out. It's over. It's only Trump's by him. Joe, Trump is in the White House by himself. The White House, Waka left. The White House communication, the White House chef is gone. Trump's <laughs> microwaving Oscar Mayer wieners in the oven to eat for dinner. No, there's not even a landscaper. Trump's outside with the hedge clipper. Mowing the, mowing the lawn on the South Lawn. Trump's cleaning the windows in the White House. There's nobody left. Folks. You laugh. You know, you the, listen, the media are hacks. These people are ignorant zeros, complete zeros. They have no interest in the truth. If it was Obama, he's re-strategizing because he's a genius, because he's Obama. Trump, I'm telling you the story is going to be complete, utter chaos. Trump is all alone in my Watch the headline. Listen to me. Listen to me, because I love you to death. Take snapshots of the headlines and tweet them to me. You will see them after election day when people start to leave. Chaos. Trump. Here's one. You will see this. Guaranteed, folks. Please tape this. Joe, this is one. I guarantee. Send it to me when you find it. Here it is right now. Trump increasingly isolated in the White House. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, brothers and sisters. Find it. Send it to me after election day. Trump increasingly alone. Trump isolated. Oh, he's a sick man. (laughs) Send it to me. You will see it. Joe, if you see it first, send it to me. I will put it out on my email list. Chaos, staff shakeup, Trump increasingly isolated, guaranteed. Second second thing, get ready for it. You will see a Mueller report. How quickly after election day? I'm not sure. Folks, there is no, the collusion thing is complete nonsense. It's a ridiculous, it's an absurdity. I expect to see a Mueller report. I think they're focusing heavily on Roger Stone. I believe that portion of the case will fall apart as well. Um, I'm simply suggesting to you that expect a Mueller report, expect the Democrats to use it for grounds for impeachment. If they pick up a majority in the House, they will lose in embarrassing and humiliating fashion in the Senate. But expect a Mueller report. Expect it to be a nothing burger and expect the Democrats to run with the various nothing burgers in there, just like they ran with the taxicab confessions case for Michael Cohen um, and George Papadopoulos are fibbing about a date as that was a, as if that was Russian collusion. It will happen. Expect it. See it. Uh, I'm just wanting, I want it. I don't know how soon. Maybe they'll give it a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, but you will see a Mueller report come out soon um, and it's not going to look good for them. Although the media will paint it as the biggest thing ever. Wow. Amazing. All I got right. through all that. I there didn't expect go. that. Good show, Dan. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks a lot for all your support. Today's the day. I just want to finally say, uh, and I mean it, you know, action matters. Talk does not change the world. Talk motivates action. We need you to vote. Your country needs you. Your kids need you. Your future needs you. We need you. Your economic liberty, your healthcare liberty, 
school choice. It is all on the ballot somewhere. Energy, freedom. We have medical marijuana things on the ballot. No matter how you feel about it, folks, get out and vote. Please, God, I'm not using his name in vain. I am humbly imploring you and begging you. If not for you, please do it for your kids. Get out and vote. Shock the world. And I'll see you all tomorrow where we'll talk about it. God bless you. See you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.